I've heard it said before that a house is not a home. And I suppose that some of that has to do with the fact that that home is such an intimate and personal concept. I've met a lot of people who were successful. Um, They'd accomplished great things in life, and yet they'd never really found home. Maybe they'd never found the relationships they needed. They never found the, the place, the comfort within their self that they needed to ever feel home. And so it's a beautiful thing when we meet people who teach us how to be so in tune with ourselves, so in tune with, with where we've been and what we desire and what we dream of and where we want to go, that home becomes not only something we go to, but something that we always lead from. And so today, I think that you guys are really going to enjoy this guest because not only (laughs) is she a real estate agent and literally she sells homes, but from what I've seen of her, she empowers people in the process of helping them reach their dreams. I don't know that she's always doing it with intention, you know, just just through through marketing or anything, but just who she is, the the toughness, the tenacity, the faith that she carries into her everyday life, I think is part of what also carries her into the success that she has in her career. And so today I want to I want to welcome Abby Wilson in. And I I really think that you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. We're going to talk about so many things today. So first of all, Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored. Absolutely. And that's a great intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess before we find out who you are, can you tell the people what you do? Because, you know, normally we they make that all the same thing, but it's not. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. So I am a real estate agent. I am the team leader of a family team, Wilson mm-hmm. & Co. Realty Group. Uh, I lead a team that helps people build wealth one house at a time. Uh, that is our tagline, building wealth one house at a time. And when we think about wealth, we think about much more than just what it is monetary or investment wise. Um, what we are most passionate about is seeing, as you said earlier, seeing people reach their goals. We know that home ownership means much more than just having a house. Uh, having a home gives families security, it gives them peace, it gives them a place to rest, it gives Mm. them a place to heal. Um, And I could go on and on. And so when we think building wealth one house at a time, uh, we think about all of that. So that is what I do. I'm a real estate agent. Mm. That is so beautiful. Building wealth one house at a time. So let's let's start there as kind of the 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 home in which we build from. so many people in life have obtained wealth. I guess we'd call it the way that the world kind of describes it, right? So they got the 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 empty house, the empty cars, the empty relationships. They got a whole lot of empty things. So it came with empty promises. You're talking about a more holistic wealth where your bank account is full and your heart is full. Where What was the catalyst behind that? And, and how do you guys go about helping people reach it? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, so home ownership is something that's very important to me personally and to my family. Mm. Uh, so uh, my mother was born and raised in Nicaragua mm. uh, before she came to the United States. Uh, she, she got here exactly this year, 50 years ago. Uh, wow. And I know, that's so awesome. Uh, so when she was in Nicaragua and in a lot of 
of our countries, I say our countries because I identify with them, um, owning a piece of land means everything. Mm. Like having that place that you can call home and you know that no one's going to take it away from you, that it's something that will last for generations is a huge deal. And obviously in a third world country, it's not very easy, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had a a faith-filled, God-fearing grandmother um, who decided early on that she needed a place to call her own that for her children, and there were seven of them, she needed a place that they could say, this is ours. Whether they built a little tiny hut or they had a really nice house, but that they had a piece of land that was important to them because she knew that having property, especially in a third world country, also gave them a feeling of security. So um, there's a long story uh, of how she prayed believed God, she saved money, and through tons of adversity, was able to purchase a piece of land in the capital of Nicaragua, Managua. And uh, she then built a home there where she raised seven children in a teeny tiny home uh, that at the time only had one bedroom, but it was theirs. It was theirs. And actually, I have to tell you, the house is still standing. It's still owned by the seven children. Not many people go to the house anymore. It's just there. But it means so much to them because they know what it meant to them as children and also the sacrifice that it took to get there. Wow. My father was born and raised in the Bronx, and he uh, lived in the projects um, near Bronx River Parkway. And he he lived there. And He also, although his parents weren't able to purchase a home, um, it was something that was important to them because all four of them, him and his three siblings, um, own homes, right? They they all own their own home. Uh, And what was important to them, obviously living in the projects, there's so much, right, that you have to deal with, uh, which is, you know, socioeconomic issues, um, uh, lack of of resources, just just so many things. And when he and my mom got married, they knew that they would have to work really hard to get something that they would call their own. That didn't happen immediately. Um, we actually they weren't homeowners until we moved uh, to North Carolina about thirty five years ago. Um, and when they came, they came with the one goal of purchasing a home, and mm. they did. In fact, they still live in the home that mm. they when I was fifteen years old. But with that said. My grandmother from Nicaragua, um, I remember one time, and I was very young. I was very young. I can't even tell you how old I was exactly, but I remember it was it was probably around the time that my mom and dad were purchasing a home. And at that time, they had something called sweat equity. doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. It was like <laughs> we're purchasing a brand new home, but the builder would allow you to reduce your closing costs if you did some of the work. Mm. So my dad put in sheetrock, he painted, you name it. He did whatever it took to be able to purchase that home. And I remember that in the process of that, my my grandmother um, had a, a conversation with me one day and she said, do you see what your parents are doing? And I was like, yes, ma'am, right? Now in Spanish, it sounds much more dramatic, but I was like, okay. <laughs> and she said, do you see what your parents are doing? And I was like, yes, ma'am. And she said, that's your base you will go more, Mm. you will do more and you have to for you. And then your children will do more. And she, and she, I remembered, she didn't say much more than that, but I remembered and I knew the story of how she bought that piece of land and how she was instilling in her children that there's so much more to having this land than just wealth. 
and how then my my aunts and uncles came here and I have an uncle who without any training was like, you know, this is the call we have. We've got to have homes. And he had um, a home in Philadelphia, which he still lives there. But he started buying homes that were abandoned in Philly and started fixing them and became an amazing landlord to many people in that area. And so now all seven of them own homes. Some of them own multiple homes. Uh, and it was because they fully understand how that can change the trajectory of the life of your children. Ooh, that's so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's awesome. Ooh, I just want to sit here for a second. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And I, and I, I, I was seeing the visual on the inside, right. Of, mm -hmm. of grandma this is really a prophetic moment that she's having with you, right? Absolutely. Like, this is this is this is about finance. This is about business. This is about family. This is about faith. Like she's, she, it's all wrapped up in this one moment, and she's saying, "Listen, to be clear, we both see from the same types of eyes. Absolutely. You see what I see. Now, let me speak into you what you can't see yet, so you understand." That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's he so saw it. It's funny because as as uh, now, my husband and I, so, so you know, fast forward, um, uh, my husband and I are about to get married. And um, and I remember telling my mom, hey, mom, um, I'm going to go and we're going to look at rentals. And we were going to look at apartments, you know, and I live in the Charlotte area and there's a suburb called Matthews. And so it's like, we're going to go to the suburb Matthews and we're going to look for apartments. And she was like, no, ma'am you will purchase a home. And so the story of our first uh, purchase is so simple in that we went to see two, two rentals and then we're going down a street that was very um, familiar to us because my aunt lives off of that street and there's a new home community and it's townhomes. And I said, well, my mom said we should probably, not probably, my mom said we should buy a new home. <laughs> we should not rent. Yeah, mom was not <laughs> ambiguous here. No, she wasn't. No, she was like, you know, and we go in, we see the model. They mm. show us one that's available. Mm. At the time, uh, we, pay, we wrote a $500 check to hold the house. And uh, that we closed on that home, March 28, 2001, exactly one month before our wedding. And we still own that home. Mm. Um, never did my mom know uh, because she wasn't a real estate investor, but her, her, her call to action, right, by the home then became our very first investment home, mm. which we have had continuously rented now for eight years and was the one that began our personal real estate investment uh, story and journey. Oh, that's so incredible. <laughs> so so tell us this, through this journey of, of your own ownership, even before we talk about, you know, you, you getting into helping other people get into their dream home, what are the greatest lessons that you have learned in this? The things that, that you learned deep down inside, what, have, what has this taught you? So I'll tell you about a home in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, Having, having that home, that home meant much so much more to us, right, than just like, oh, we got a new house, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was a home, obviously, the moment we came, went in. And I say obviously, but obviously, it's not obvious to everyone. When we went in, we had specific requests from the Lord of this mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very similar requests that my families had for their homes. And it was, Lord, let this be a place of healing, a place of restoration, a place that when people come in, they don't know why they don't want to go home. 
uh, a place where we'll see answered prayers. Uh, pray, listen, you're, you're calling. I'm, I'm about to cry. Uh, a place where we would see God move in miraculous ways, and we saw that. We saw that. Um, we saw beautiful things happen in that home, and people can still and still do. My family still talk about amazing things that happened in that home, and it has now been a safe haven for family and friends. I mean, we have continuously had it rented to family and now it's some of our closest friends, their family that have all been in transition. All of them have been in some type of transition um, and every one of them can point to their time being there and it was a time of restoration. And so it's everything that God, uh, that we had asked the Lord and it continues to be. As, as a married couple, uh, it was a place where we grew up. Um, I will tell you, it wasn't easy. Uh, 2008, 2009, 2010 happened to everyone. And for us, it was a very tight time. And I remember thinking at that time, are we going to be one of the ones that loses their house? Like, I just remember having that thought and God showed himself, Jehovah Jireh, and we did not lose the home mm. and everything that we thought would happen didn't happen. And God moved miraculously, which obviously we still have that home. Mm. Uh, that home meant security to us. It was a safe place for us. Um, we even were able to do ministry in that home, which we were youth pastors for a little while. Um, and I look back and realize exactly what my grandma knew and what my parents knew, that a home, as you said earlier, is not just a house. It's a place where amazing things can happen. And if you dedicate it to the Lord, it's amazing spiritual and, and breakthrough that can happen there. Mm, and that's interesting because, you know, there's there's a lot of conversations that are had, especially in this day and age, uh, of a house when we just think of it as a, a commodity, an asset, something that can be used for wealth building in a traditional sense. You're talking about building spiritual tradition as well as the others, right? Because you're not saying don't find wealth. You're not saying don't build your bank account, but you're saying that there's a different type of foundation that has come through your prayers. Absolutely. There's somebody who's listening to this interview right now and they're saying, I've prayed before, but I don't, I've never, are you just wanting to see that God is involved in all this stuff? Like what, what do you mean? How, do, how can you explain to someone who's never experienced God in the way that you have, how it's so obvious to you that God was involved in those moments you've described? No. Well, first of all, purchasing the home, there is no reason why uh, a couple who I graduated in December of 2000 and Brad was still in school, uh, we both had jobs, but it wasn't like something that in, in our opinion, even looking back now was enough to um, allow us to be homeowners. And yet that was a God thing. Mm. Uh, every step of that uh, first of all, and we knew that that was Jesus. And then it was the most seamless, seamless transaction. Fast forward into 2008, 2009, 2010. In that time, um, even into 2011, many people were having to file bankruptcy and foreclosure uh, and foreclose. And actually, we had considered uh, in the flesh, we had considered bankruptcy and, and foreclosure because it just made sense. And I remember one time in my bedroom, um, that master, the, the primary bedroom in the house where I was praying and I said, Lord, I guess that's the only way out. And I remember the Lord specifically telling me, just trust in me. 
Mm. And being able to get through that and to have a loan modification done um, to be able to keep our home, that was absolutely a God thing. But there were other things that happened. And it's that in in those spaces, we had family that would come over. And I say family in general because they're specific people, uh, but they came over and we had moments of real healing um, around our kitchen table in our living room. There was something about that home. Obviously, it was intentionality of, of uh, on our part as well that this would be everything that God, uh, that we had asked of the Lord, right? Um, so people would come in and they literally, our prayer was that they wouldn't want to leave. Uh, we have a really close friend who jokes about how he would come over and literally stay until we fell asleep on the sofa. And it would be like, why are you still here? Like, (laughs) (laughs) But there was a peace that he felt in a, and, and, and a, just a, uh, something that he felt in there that he couldn't really vocalize that in some of the, the deepest and hardest times of his life that being there, he was restored, you know? Mm, yeah. uh, we we had the opportunity to counsel many people around um, in, in that home and around our, our table, our kitchen table. And uh, we were able to have many services there uh, or worship experience, if that's what you call it, uh, in, <laughs> in our home. Uh, God showed up and he mm. showed up big and he continues to do so. Mm. It's funny, I tell people, I'll give you some things that maybe some people will be like, oh, that's a coincidence. But I'm a, I'm a believer and I don't believe in coincidences, right? I believe that God is behind everything. It's a home that most homes, and I sell homes, I'm in the business of it. So I know that new homes, old homes, they all need some type of updating. That home has has been one where, for example, I have a water heater that's the original water heater. And I, I often ask the Lord, like, Lord, is that you? And I truly <laughs> believe so, because it's like, how is it that everything is still in wonderful condition? It's not just because obviously we took good care, good care of it, but we have renters, right? Um, everyone has taken great care of it. And the Lord has really shown up in giving even longevity to the things inside the home. So, so you and your husband, you, you begin to foster this healthy relationship, this deep relationship, both with one another and then also with the home you buy. And at some point, you both have gotten into real estate. So, so tell us about that journey. Was it, did you both get into it together? Did one start and say, no, you got to come be a part of this too. Take us into that journey. So real estate was not something that was on my radar. In fact, um, in 2014, we purchased the current home that we live in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we did, it was a new construction and we had a wonderful real estate estate agent, realtor, and his name is Roger. And Roger worked with us. He was was with us from beginning to end. So we went under contract in May, closed in December. And obviously you, you, you create... Again, I say obviously not everyone, but what my experience, we create a really great relationship with your realtor. He became like family and he was after my husband. Oh, you should do real estate. You should do real estate. You should do real estate. And it was nonstop to the point that we were like, okay, Roger, okay, <laughs> that's it. We're not doing it, right? Like <laughs> it just left it alone. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was another business that we were presented with, which it was like starting a um 
uh, a, an insurance agency with a major uh, insurance company. And we were actually strongly considering that, but it, it didn't go anywhere. And obviously, because we know now that wasn't God's plan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we closed on our house in 2014 and I continued to work. I was a paralegal and my husband was uh, a district visual manager in retail. And so every single year we would pray like, Lord, uh, open up a door. And most it was for me. Open up a door, Father. Where would I go? Where would where would you like me? Because where I was, I didn't want to be. Mm. Um, I was pretty miserable. Uh, I knew that I needed to get out of there. I just had I didn't know where. Mm. I made the assumption that it would be in ministry, and actually uh, got hired and accepted a job at the church that I was attending. And within a few days after accepting the job. I knew I had to say no because it wasn't God's timing. Mm. I was so excited that there was finally a door open and something else, right? And I love ministry. So from that point, I actually got offered a job three different, three more times. And every time God was like, no, and mm. you know, and then the third time that would be a no. The third time was a very strategic time, though. It was at the beginning of April of 2017. And this particular year was also a year that we had started the year uh, praying that God would make 2017 a banner year for us. Mm. Uh, we, as a family, uh, fasted for 21 days that year. And it was the first time that our children, that at the time were, I think, 10 and 7, mm-hmm. uh, decided that they were going to join in on a 21-day fast. Obviously, with children, that can be difficult. Mm-hmm. We went through the whole conversation. They were committed. And we... I remember so clearly a prayer that we prayed and we said, God, we want this to be a year that our faith gets gets increased exponentially. Mm. It'll be a year almost like, and the kids were learning about uh, Native Americans and traditions and all that. I said, it'll be like Native Americans totem pole that we will be able to carve out 2017 and we'll look back and we'll see that it wasn't the legacy of grandma or the legacy of great grandma, but it's the legacy that we have seen and built a faith. Never knew what that year was going to hold. However, mm. uh, at beginning of April, we get, you know, I get uh, uh, contacted by our church. Hey, there's another position. Please consider it. And God said, no. I mean, he said it not so loudly, right? Um, and then April 8, 2017, I was running in a Spartan race. Um and it was like the last year of my 30s. So I was like, I'm running the trifecta. I'm running all the Spartan races. And um, I'm running in that Spartan race. And I had a horrific injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that I almost lost um, my the lower part of my left leg. So in the recovery of it all, um, I knew that a lot of doors were going to open. And my realtor calls me again. Hey you should totally do real estate. You should be a realtor. And I was very resistant. In fact, I was almost offended at the fact that he would call me while I was broken. Mm. Something to me that wasn't predictable. I was like, do you understand where I am? I'm not working. I've lost a six figure job. And I went in and he was like, Abby, consider it. So I, I prayed and we prayed And I remember um, in July of that year, God spoke to me and said that a lot of prayers of ours would be answered. And Mm. um, essentially, I had to be open. Uh, So I was Gideon. I said, "Okay, Lord, well, I'll do the real estate thing because it keeps coming up. But uh, here's what I'll do. I'll take the class. But, you know, I'm broke because I've been out of work all this time and I I can't do anything. Um, You're going to have to provide the money. And it showed up. And then it was like, okay, I have to pass the class because North Carolina is supposedly the the toughest 
state for real estate. And I have to pass the class the first time, and I did. And then I was like, oh, well, then I have to pass the national the first time, and I did. I was like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> um, a lot of supernatural things happen, and I started. Uh, when I started, there were just three goals, and the Lord knew it. Um, and it's like, Lord, I have got to be a support to my husband because he can't carry this this burden of our household on his own. I've got to help him. And up to that point, he was not only the the, the sole uh, bread earner, but he was also my caretaker. And my children at a very young age had to care for me. Mm. Uh, and so I said, Lord, this is going to have to happen. And in my first year, um, I was able to sell enough to help us, uh, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, I actually sold, and I share these goals because I, I just to kind of talk about how good God is, right? My first year, I sold, I got 13 under contract and closed on 11. Um, in my second year, I started off the year, I said, God, you know that that wasn't enough. I need to, I, I would love to replace my income from my prior job. Mm -hmm. Lord, I know that you're able, just give me the strength and lead me. And in that second year, I was able to close um, 37 transactions. I had 50 under contract. Well, ever since, so that that next year uh, was the begin, well, the end of that, that year was 2019, ending my second year. Mm -hmm. I told my husband, I said, I can't do this alone. I need you to do a part-time real estate position and start school. Okay, just start school. But what did God do? Like in 2019, I was uh, named uh, Rookie of the Year for our region. And I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't working towards it. It wasn't anything that I even wanted. I just wanted to be able to provide for my family. Um, I wanted to be able to not be a burden to my family anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to be able to literally live God's glory for people to see my story and say, if it happened for her, then I can have faith that it'll happen for me. So when I reached that goal, it was huge. So I tell Brad, I said, Mike, Brad's my husband. I said, okay, Brad, you got to get your real estate license. So he starts class at the beginning of 2020. And oh, 2020. Everything shuts wow. down. <laughs> <laughs> and he joined. So when he got when he got furloughed for those two weeks, the longest two weeks of in history, right? Because that's mm -hmm. all we thought what it would take. He mm -hmm. got furloughed. He was already in class and he got licensed. And our one prayer was, Lord, open up the doors that Brun doesn't have to go back to that job. Mm. Like, make it to where we can sustain our household with real estate, that we can help people and that we can show more people that this is a possibility for them. God, move in this. And don't you know, when they called them in October of that year, he was able to say, thank you, but no thank you. Uh, mm. We have built a business. That same year, my sister joined us. She left retail, became our 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 licensed admin. And I felt strongly that what God was doing was creating a, an avenue, not just for us to be able to grow and build legacy for our family, but that it, I couldn't do it alone. And I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted people around me to also be blessed. And so now we're a team where it's me, my husband, my sister is our licensed admin, my brother-in-law is an agent on my team, and my cousin is an agent on my team. Mm, so incredible. And so there's there's so many lessons in that. There's so many nuggets. I don't want to I don't want to say I don't want to make you relive and rehash all of them, but we got to we got to slow down. Go. <laughs> we have to. So the first moment that I want to talk about um 
as I was scrolling through your Instagram, of course, and I see this picture and, and you're laying in this hospital bed and you've got a busted up leg and there are x-rays and whoo, mm -hmm. it was bad. Mm -hmm. It was bad. And um, for those who are watching on YouTube, I will, I'll, I'll make sure that you guys can see it. You can see it right there. But for those of you who are just listening, I'll just say that she had a gruesome injury. Yeah. And so here you are, you're making six figures <laughs> and you, all you're trying to do, you're doing a warrior run, right? And so you're just, you're just being like an awesome, powerful human, right? <laughs> I'm doing this because it's awesome and it's fun. And what you don't understand is that God takes your warrior run and turns you into the type of warrior you were born to become the whole time. Yes. But it took pain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's some kind of a lesson in that for somebody who's listening today who is working, they're, they're trying to work towards something and they want it so badly, but they've just gone through something that stopped them in their tracks and they're feeling like that's the proof that they can never have anything great. Can you explain to that person why sometimes when God stops you in your tracks, it's the setup to the real greatness? Absolutely. Oh, there, there was, uh, there's so many things that God taught me through that. Uh, you know, we all love to focus on the promise, right? Mm -hmm. And God promised a lot of things to me in my life. He has, he has promised a lot of things. I can say that at the age of 14 was the very first time that I really heard God speak to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then at age 15, he made a promise. And the promise was of uh, prosperity, Mm -hmm. uh, but but I want everyone to know I'm not here saying prosperity. And hopefully by now, you know, in the interview, I don't only mean money. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wanted my husband and I to have a, a, a marriage that would last forever. I wanted a husband that would love the Lord. I wanted to have children that would fear God and that would follow a, a life of, of faith without a whole lot of, of fighting for it, right? Mm. Not having to go through all the things, but truly just love the Lord. So there's just all these things that I was praying for from a very young age that God promised. And um, and I knew that those things are coming, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that God knows I've always wanted to do is I never want my parents to go without. Now, thankfully, they don't. They're pastors, uh, <laughs> and they and they have worked, and they and they are fine. But I've always said and been like, you know, I never want because I hear about other people's parents not being able to do different things, and I was like, Lord, I never want my parents to be there. Right? I want to honor them until the day they die. So it's just a lot of different things, but. I also wanted to be in full-time ministry. In fact, um, my husband, if he was on here, he'd tell you that when we were teenagers and we dated, he didn't think he was going to marry me because I would say that I wanted to be a missionary. And he was like, a missionary? So when people would say there was one particular lady when we were 16, she was friends of one of our really closest friends. Her name is Evelyn Rum, and she's with Jesus now. But Evelyn would say, you guys are getting married. And I would be like, and never, because Brad didn't want to do full-time ministry. And mm. Brad was like negative because he wasn't going to the missions field, right? Mm. Um, yet God promised that I that I would be in full-time ministry. Now it's beautiful, it's it's interesting how I thought it would look different, right? Mm -hmm. I thought I needed to be on staff at a church. 
Um, I thought that I would either be a missionary in some third world country. It was very, very passionate to me because of, of where my family's from. Um, I thought I, I thought doctors without borders. I just had all these great uh, um, thoughts. So at this point in life, when I when I think about the promise, I always look forward to the promise and I never prepared myself for the process. I never prepared. Ooh, slow down. Say that one more time. <laughs> I always look forward to the promise and never, ever prepared myself for the process. Mm. And I was one that I lived a wonderful life. I didn't have to go through a lot of turmoil. As a child, my parents um, protected me from most things. And we we lived a very blessed life. And my marriage, praise the Lord, um, has been blessed from the beginning. I My children love Jesus. It was just all those things. And, and, and there wasn't a whole lot that we had gone through. In fact, I remember focalizing to some friends, I have strong faith, Yet there's never been a horrible thing or a horrible situation. Not to say, and I, I'm not saying that we all need to go through what mm-hmm. I went through, right? Mm-hmm. But when I had this injury, and it was so freak, right? I'm running the Spartan race. I'm, I'm going to be a Spartan. I'm going to be a warrior. <laughs> and we're almost done. And it was after all of the obstacles, and I slipped. My my right my left foot went towards the right. My body decided to go towards the left. Right? Mm. Um, with as I was falling, I knew this is it. This is my process. My life mm. will never be the same. I was a workers' comp paralegal, so I knew a lot about injuries, and I knew in that moment that my injury was the worst I had ever seen, ever, mm. and or experienced. Right? Because I had. Um, I knew in that moment and I started in the flesh, started thinking, okay, and, and I, and this is the way my brain works. I'm laying in the ground and they're running for help. And I'm thinking, okay, we've got to sell the house we just bought. We've got to sell the other house. Maybe we move it in the moment, in just that moment, because sometimes, unfortunately, in that tragedy and although you know God's got it, you're like, well, maybe I need to do some things on my own too. Mm. And I remember my husband coming up and, and, and literally snapped and was like, stop it. And he didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't speaking it out loud, but he knew me well enough. It was like, stop, God's got it. And it's like, you're right. You're right. He's got it. And this is the process. I knew my life would change forever. I knew it was going to be painful because it was. Um, but I had some supernatural uh, interactions with the Lord in an ambulance where I said, Father, you've spoken to me through your word. Your your word is beautiful. And you've spoken through, to me through people. And that's amazing. But God, right now, I need to have a burning bush moment. And mm. I need you to speak to me right now. I can't face my husband. Everything I hear over the 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 walkie-talkie and the and the EMS is horrible, horrible. Mm. I need you to speak to me. And in that moment, like a Wall Street ticker, it started going across my I literally could see it. It was literally like the ticker I see right here on the screen, right? <laughs> Where it was scripture. And it was the most powerful words, everything that I'd ever read, everything that I had ever memorized. It's just the way that God started speaking to me, it, it, all of it. One of the main ones is, I will lift up my eyes to the hills for once cometh my help. Mm-hmm. I get a little emotional. My help cometh from the Lord, right? And I remember in that moment saying, God, this process is already horrible and I'm not even at the hospital yet. 
but you're going to provide. And it was like, this is your darkest valley, but don't worry because you gave me Psalm 23. I've got you. Mm. I've got you. And I get to the hospital. By the time I got to the hospital, I was almost in the shouting. I obviously couldn't dance. Uh, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I, <laughs> there was not going to be any dancing out there. But I had such a peace from God. However, I knew it would be hard. So what did we, we learned so many things in that. And number one is that I always knew God was Jehovah Jireh. Mm. Never experienced it. But she'd way. never met God as Jehovah no, Jireh. never, never. Mm. Oh, and I preached about it because I've preached hard about Jehovah Jireh and I've taught classes and I've, I've led Bible studies, but to experience a supernatural provision from God is something that to this day I can't explain because it is unexplainable except to say, but God, right? Mm. The other thing is that my children, they were going to, um, to, uh, uh, private school and and it was God led for them to be at the school and I thought God I cannot pay for this anymore and my children began to pray and God uh, supernaturally spoke to a couple who decided through the Holy Spirit that they would pay for half their tuition until I was able to pay um, there was food that showed up there was money that showed up my mortgage was getting paid and it's like God what is happening and it was something that I experienced that 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 process set up my entire family. And I know that it will be for generations to come that no matter what you go through, God will never fail, right? Mm. And so it's a process. It hurt. Literally, it hurt. Uh, there were times that I was in, I, I literally cried. Anytime anyone came over, I was in tears uh, because I, Unfortunately, we are flesh, and as much as we're in the presence of the Lord, we worry. And it was like, God, please forgive me for worrying. But it was a time in that process where um, I can look back and say, I'm glad it happened. My my relationship with my husband grew. Um, my family was able to see God move in a miraculous way. My children's faith got stronger. And I have friends who have watched me and continue to watch where this process have actually, has actually encouraged them. Uh, there were so many other amazing things that occurred during that time. And I've got to say that without that process, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? Mm. God mm-hmm. had to allow that, and mm-hmm. God is so good. That so good. good. Yeah. I I hate that—how <laughs> do I explain this? <laughs> In my brain, I see two different pathways I can go down as we kind of finalize this interview. And I've got a chance to research you enough to see, like, you, you guys aren't just, like, doing real estate, but you're powerfully doing real estate, and you're winning, okay? And so I want, I want the people who are listening today— um, to understand that as we have these faith talks, that we're that I'm sitting with a powerful entrepreneur who has a family entrepreneurial plan and they're winning. Okay, so we're and and I was looking at the prices of some of those homes you were selling and I was like, oh, oh Jesus. Okay, just go to this. Go to their 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 Instagram, go to their Facebook and look at the homes and you'll understand. Okay, and so and so I wanted to say that so that it's clear because sometimes people have a dissociation between success and faith. And yet for you guys, you have found true wealth and true success where 
You have forged a relationship with one another. You have healthy interactions. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people that, that when it comes to me spiritually, um, God often shows me visions. And so I was seeing you sitting in your home, praying through the tears. And I was thinking about how your kids were watching you pray through tears the same way you watched mom and dad by the home. Absolutely. That that's a whole different type of foundation because everybody talks about go ahead and pray when everything's great. Go ahead and pray when everything is wonderful. What they were seeing was faith in action, faith in the midst of trials, faith in the midst of tests. And then they saw you come out winning with faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I guess where I want to take you is you now have the ministry you prayed for. And the ministry isn't taking place in a church. That's not saying you're not ministering to people there as well. Yes. <laughs> but there's, there's some people who have only ever thought of what God can do as being something that happens inside of the, the walls of a church building. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about the experience of being a ministry, not making a ministry? I... I... Being the ministry has allowed us to share the gospel in places that the gospel would never normally be shared. Isn't that something we think that in, especially as we very naively believe that in the United States, the gospel is shared everywhere. There are so many people that don't normally hear. Mm -hmm. They know there's a Jesus. They know there's churches. And I live in the Bible Belt. Obviously, there's a church on every corner and there's mega churches here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. mega church. So it's just like everyone must know. What I, what I have been able to do is, and now I'm very passionate about, is that we are kingdom leaders in the marketplace. Mm. And being a kingdom leader in the marketplace means that we even do business completely different from what other people believe. Mm. But the great, the great thing that God has allowed us is that as he has, ele- like that rookie of the year was God setting me up. The other awards that, you know, there's all these, it's God opening up doors that wouldn't normally be open to me. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Absent, uh, absent those situations. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to, someone asked me one time, what's your secret sauce? And I said, Jesus, I, <laughs> hey, what do you guys do? We pray. Hey, what do you, it's God, right? It's that. But then the other thing is that He's opened the door for us to help people who never would have been helped by other agents. Mm. Now, age agents, and and I understand why, but it's it's hard to work with with sometimes very low budget clients and a lot of times first time home buyers. Man, it's difficult, right? But God has opened the door for us to work with people that when you when when they buy a house, it's so much more. If you'll allow me like 45 seconds, just recently, we we um, helped a family um, that had to flee their country because they were being persecuted um, mm. by, in, in the third world countries, Mara, which is um, a gang, organized crime, to the point that uh, they had told her, we're going to kill your, your sons, we're going to kill you, and we're going to take your daughter, which we know doesn't mean anything great. Mm-hmm. She knew she had to leave and she had to flee the country. Now, um, I take no position on how she fled the country, but she fled the country and, and came to the United States. Mm-hmm. And, and filed for political asylum. 
And she's only been here three years. And the first year, she and her children were detained and they were detained in separate locations. They weren't even together. And on their way in, they almost lost the daughter, which is now in seventh grade. Uh, now, I didn't know this entire story, but I knew that there was more to the story when I was meeting with this mom. Mm. And she had such a beautiful faith. But obviously, there were moments of weakness of like, will God do it for me, right? Mm -hmm. I make the right decision for my children. Uh, she has uh, started working in a very simple job, her and her, her son, uh, and they purchased their first home in the United States a few weeks ago. And when I stood at the closing, she had to step away and I talked to the kids. I said, what does this mean to you? And they said everything that I had said earlier. It means safety. Mm -hmm. It means we're okay. It means we won't die. Like, can you imagine? Can you mm -hmm. imagine? And for God to allow us the opportunity to help these people and for us to be able to see God's hand moving in them and that he would use us, us as a tool mm -hmm. to help these families. Every day I look and I'm like, God, how have you allowed? Like, thank you that we can minister to them through these situations that we can we can speak to them where they are because real estate is simple but it's not easy it's horrible right sometimes for for first time home buyers there's a lot of things that don't move the way they should but with but god has equipped us with patience that only comes through the holy spirit and obviously we pray for all of this and god's allowed us the opportunity to minister to a large amount of people when i look back at some of these families i, I had a, a friend she does allow me to say her name her name was sydney and sydney was told when she was a young girl that home ownership wasn't for her because of her the color of her skin mm. and so I saw this 55-year-old woman buy her first home, and we stood in front of that house, and I promise you, there were tears. We could barely talk to be able to see that she had broken a generational hold and that she had this home and how that has now equipped her to feel like I can do anything. And she she's taking classes to be a general contractor. And it's like her whole life is changing. Mm. Her children are thinking differently. Her grandchildren are thinking differently. And that is absolutely ministry. And we get to do that full time. And I thank God every day for that opportunity. Mm. Well, I want you to know that I thank God for you and for this interview. Um, this has been uh, such a blessing to me. Uh, you have no idea what's going on in my life, but wow. so much of what you said has spoken life um, to me. And I've been watching uh, the producer Jason during this, and and your movie—he's been taking all kinds of notes. Um, and so, um, as we wrap up today, there's one question um, that the goal is to ask this to every guest who comes on. Absolutely. And so I will paint a picture and then you just give this answer to the best of your ability. <clears throat> so a hundred years from now, there is a museum. And inside of this museum, uh, it is, it's all kinds of artifacts about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And there's a room marked hope. Inside of that room, there are time capsules. And so when you open up a time capsule... Inside of your time capsule, there are pictures of your first home, of you, your husband, and your daughter, and your son, and and there's 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 some some for sale signs and some things in there, so they know that what you did. And then there is a clip, and they'll be able to watch this clip right here to learn your understanding of what hope is. What would you tell a person about hope? <laughs> hope, hope, 
hope is the way I deal with everything. Hope is the way I face trial. Hope is the way I persevere. Hope is the is what I preach so that others know that there's no way that I could do this on my own if it wasn't for him. Uh, hope is knowing that God has a greater plan. His plan is perfect. Uh, hope is uh, what sustains my family each and every day, no matter what we go through. Hope is what I present to my clients, especially when they're thinking that it's not possible for them. Uh, hope is what takes us to the next level in every area of our life. I hope in things that I don't see and things that I might not ever see. But what I hope is that I'm building a legacy where people will look back and I'll rem be remembered less for the houses I helped them buy, uh, less for the houses that I sold or any accolades that I might have won because we sold so many houses. And they will remember more the interaction with me and how it pointed them to Jesus. And so I hope that there will be a line of people that will want to see that capsule and they'll say, hey, I remember my great grandmother's telling me about this woman who led her to Jesus. So I hope that also my family will all follow him and that anyone they interact with will also uh, follow Jesus. So uh, hope is a great thing. I will tell you just recently, I told my team, I go through so many um, situations and, and life is not easy. And there's things that we know they have to happen, but man, they don't feel good. Hope is what keeps me worshiping and praying and thanking, even though everything around me doesn't look like it should be an environment conducive of worship. Uh, hope is what keeps me smiling and knowing that no matter how heavy the burden is, that at the end of this, God's perfect plan will be better than anything I could ever, ever imagine. Mm. I could go on about hope, but there you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, but. <laughs> don't allow the enemy to come into your head after you just ministered to me and everybody else. Because I was making sure I didn't start crying because I haven't cried on any of these interviews and you were not going to make me do it the first time. Um, I was very determined. Um, no, that's um, what an incredible answer. And so, um, Abby, I just want to thank you for joining us. Um, we wish you nothing but the best um, as you continue your ministry, your family ministry. Um, and for everyone who's been listening today, if they want to learn more about you, maybe they're in North Carolina and they want to work with you, it's their time to get their home. And they've been feeling like, oh my God, I'm listening to this for a reason. <laughs> How, how do they how do they connect with you? Uh, so we can help you buy, sell, invest, anything. And um, you can reach out to me at, through social media, which I believe you were going to post um, on Instagram. Instagram is where we're on Facebook as well. And if you want to look on Facebook, it's Abby Melendez Wilson. Uh, and uh, you can reach out to us there. We, we are Wilson & Co. Realty Group. You'll be able to find us on IG. And there you can find our website. And also, I'm always posting my phone number. So you can go on there and, and text me, uh, call me. Uh, we will definitely connect with you. And it's possible. It's possible. And, and if you ask what's possible, all of it, uh, buying, selling, investing, changing the trajectory of your of your legacy, of your family, it's possible. And we're committed to helping you. Mm. 
Well, she is committed, and I hope that some of you uh, will commit yourself to the possibility that perhaps you've been living at such a time that God wants you to, not just purchasing a house, but forging a home. Um, and for some of you, maybe you were listening today and you have your home already. You, you're already in a place, or maybe I should say, you have a house already. Um, but you haven't started to form, forge a, a, and, and, and truly build something that is safe, something that is consistent, something where love and compassion and support and healing can flow forth. And so I want to encourage you, if you've been listening today, to ask yourself or to ask God, what do I begin to do to forge that, to form that, to build that? It's one loving moment at a time. It's one prayer at a time. It's one faith-filled action at a time. And I truly believe that this, this episode, um, hopefully you guys understand why the Lord put it on my heart to begin Hope Rising, because we all need to hear that sometimes it is out of our worst moments, out of our darkest moments, that hope rises, faith rises, and that we are truly built up to become everything we're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, to give a shout out um, to our producer, Jason. Now, if you guys don't know, Jason actually owns a company called Everyone Wins Together Productions. Everyone Wins Together is a media production company whose mission is to curate content for the creator and produce experiences in music, media, and live production. Email Jason at EWTProductions.com to get started with your podcast music for your digital content, or development for your music and production teams in your ministry. You can follow him at EWT Productions on all social media. And I want you guys to know, I'm not going to talk about this many times, so if you guys are lucky enough to be listening at the beginning of Hope Rising and you're not like in season two or season three or something, uh, you won't know that I, I I just need to say this so you hear it, okay? I was I was ready to begin a podcast and I, I released a book. Two days after I released my book, I was laid off from my job. And I was like, Lord, what are we doing now? And I could tell I was supposed to do a podcast. And I started thinking about all the work I was going to need to do. And it was going to be way too much. And I got overwhelmed. And Jason said, I will, I will, I will produce your podcast. I will be in the midst of the grind with you. I'll help you find the guests. I'll help you do everything you need to do. And all you need to pay me is, is love and brotherhood. And so I want you guys to understand that when I when I talk about his business, I, I truly hope that you will consider working with him because he is investing in me and in my dream and in my family. And you will not be disappointed when you invest in him and his dream that he's building with his family. So I wanted to say that so you guys understand that if it's like he talks about Jason, then he talks about Jason and the sponsors. That's correct. <laughs> uh, and and I've actually offered to do a lot more than that. And Jason tells me to shut up because he doesn't want me to make this the show about him. I'd be like, Jason, just take a just take a segment of every episode. Jason's like, the Lord did not say that. Um, <laughs> so I want to shout out Jason, uh, guys. Please uh, consider supporting him, supporting what he does. Uh, and I just want to thank you guys again for joining us this week for another episode of Hope Rising, where those who inspire go for inspiration, and the unfulfilled go to find fulfillment.